0: What do you mean? Oh, hello? I hear it now. What does that mean? Praise God. All right. So, uh, I guess I need to get straight to the point. So, anyways, uh, usually throughout the week, I, I spend a lot of time just kind of meditating on everything and, uh, trying to seek the Lord and, um, and God always just kind of, Secures my heart. It's almost like, uh, um, one day at a time kind of thing sometimes. And, uh, you know, we're, we're on a journey and we're on it together at this point. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can unite in mission and in, in hearts and in mind and remember, uh, what, what we're, what we're doing. You know, we are not only here to worship God, uh and love our brethren uh but we're here to be a witness to the rest of the world um and i i pray that we we go into this uh next year you know fiercely ready to serve the kingdom of god as one body one mind one heart and that that god would give me wisdom to uh and 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 speak through me because there's a thing about uh, preaching that uh, people might not understand. One of those is knowing your audience, right? That's commonplace. You know, know your audience. Who are you speaking to? In other words, I don't go to uh, the prison and, and talk to them about certain things. I would talk to them about things uh, out in the street and how Jesus saved me from sin. you know. You know, there's, there's different audiences. Are you all with me? Uh, in this audience, we have a, a, a group of. Different people who have been taught by different people. And that's okay. Right? Um, To be one in in heart uh, is a decision. Do you understand? Uh, We're here for the mission. The mission is greater um, than the small, petty stuff. You see what I'm saying? Uh, But I pray that God would give me wisdom and precision when I'm preaching. And and with a room full of people... Uh, I couldn't preach to you all and it be just for you. And only the Holy Spirit can can move and, and speak to your heart like that. Do you understand? Because different people are in different places uh, in their life. They're at different uh Be something, but the reason I wanted to bring it is is because um, number one, it, it 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 weaves through both sides of of different thoughts, and uh, uh, um, it takes a uh, uh, patience, you know, to to read receive the conclusion of the things that are being said, you know. But the intention is to go far right and go far left and sew them together. Do you understand? Um. So this is one of those messages, you know, just to kind of be patient with um, wandering stars. And if you will, turn with me to Jude chapter 1, verse 12. And uh, this is where the title of the message comes from. And it's Jude chapter 1, verse 12. And basically what Jude is explaining is uh, uh, there's men who, who run in error and um, they uh, he, he gives a long list of things about it. But we're going to start at verse uh, 12. Uh, These are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. Somebody say serving only themselves. They are clouds without water. How many knows that the Bible says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you have rivers of living water flowing from your heart? Are you all with me? And, And basically what Jude is saying is that these are clouds without water. Carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars, for whom is reserved the blackness and the darkness forever. Uh, and obviously the title of this message is Wandering Stars. Uh, and really what put me on this track this week uh I went outside and, uh, I, I look up at the sky all the time. Uh, I don't know about y'all when y'all check out the, the skies. It's still amazing. I'm 30, what, five years old and I still am at awe at everything that, that God has up there for us to look at. And it's magnificent and it's, um, beautiful. Uh, but one night I went out and I noticed out by the moon, it was probably about Wednesday night. There was this big, bright star. And I'm like, where did you come from? i never seen you out there before. Uh, and then I went, I went outside the next morning at daylight. And this guy was still sitting there. And I'm like, hold up. That's strange, you know. Uh, it's like all the other stars went away so the sun could come up, right? Is that how that works? Uh, but this little guy, he just stood right there. I'm thinking, man, you rebel. <laughs> uh. But it also reminded me of a study that I did about a year ago. And uh, this is very, very great for uh, understanding how the ancient people thought when you understand that this word wandering is actually the word, and I'm going to try to pronounce it, pla na. Ties, planetes very interesting word if that sounded familiar to you it should have it's where we get the English word planet in uh you know ancient times they always were looking at the stars you can imagine they didn't have all the bright lights blocking us and distracting us they were you know star gazers and uh really what the understanding of this uh message is about is uh realizing that the stars all take their course and take their path but there was these rebel stars that seemed to always be out of place not going away when they're supposed to go away you see what i'm saying and not rising when they're supposed to rise the whole sky is like moving and they're just like right here just tripping you understand what i'm saying and they transgress. The uh, order of the stars, which we know that they're planets. Uh, if I'm not uh, uh, uh it was Venus that I was looking at. But you wouldn't know the difference uh, by looking at it because it looks like a big old bright star. So this word, uh, go astray or wanderer or wandering, uh, it, it, it conveys that idea of the planet who transgresses the command of God to uh, Go away when it's supposed to go away and come back when it's supposed to come back and like the rest of the stars, right? Um, so this word planet is where we get that, uh, or that's where we get the word planet, planet T. So, uh, I'm not Greek, so you'll have to go read it and study it for yourself. But the reason I bring you in this direction is so you can understand another word that is its actual kin and has the base same word uh in it and it is uh planeo and the word planeo in the bible is translated twenty four times as deceive so the word deceive has the same root word as wandering as planet right it's uh deceived twenty four times in the Bible it's uh six times in the Bible it's error five times in the Bible it, it, it says go astray. But it's all the same Greek word. Two times in the Bible, it's seduce. One time is wonder. So, uh, the one word conveys wonder, like wonder, and then the other is wondering, roaming about, right? But the base word is what we have as plain, you know, how we would spell plain, Um but it means, uh, and this plane is in both of those words, to properly cause to roam from safety, truth, or virtue, go astray, deceive, seduce, wonder. Now, it's important to understand that, uh, in the ancient times, uh, to be lost, uh, meant something probably different than what it means to us. You know, we whip out the GPS. Oh, I don't know where I'm at. You know, you hit the button, and all of a sudden here you go. You're going home, right? Uh, the ancient, uh, Minoans and Phoenicians and, uh, uh, one you probably will know is, uh, Hiram, king of Tyre. They were, uh, seafaring people who literally conquered the sea. Uh, and we're talking 3000 BC to 1000 BC, like all of that time. And you're like, man, how did they Go. They set up trade routes all over uh, the map and, and touching places that archaeologists are, like, baffled by. Their ability to go across the ocean and tra- uh, go across the seas and set up trade routes and always come back to the same place and all that stuff. But uh the reason they were able to do that is because they learned to map the stars. And uh, they were able to literally uh be out in the middle of the sea or ocean and look up at the sky and know exactly where they were going. That's awesome, right? Kind of just like how we would look to the North Star and know that that's north. I don't know how that works, or our compass. You know, uh, it 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 goes to the North Pole. You know, because there's magnetic fields, whatever. So, but they were able to map out the stars and and, and be able to literally go anywhere. Uh, and it, it's it's an amazing thing. Uh, but how many knows if, uh, if they followed uh, one of those planets, they would be highly misled, miscalculated, mis, uh, or deceived. They would be lost. Uh, and, and, uh, I want to bring you in that direction because it, it really gives you an understanding of, of that word. Uh, these planets were unpredictable, you know, they, uh, uh, wandering stars, they're, uh, not something you can set your uh, sail on and uh, uh, go in the right place. You understand what I'm saying? How um, I many is this? Is this too much going on? Too much at once? I'm just trying to get you there. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but that was extremely fascinating to me when I learned what "wander" meant and and the root word for "deceive." And you know, Jesus is always talking about let nobody deceive you. It's the same word. Same word. Let nobody cause you to go astray. Like those transgressors, those stars that cross the sky without order. You see? I mean, it is it is all over the Bible, this word. Uh, is a very interesting thing. But I wanted to read to you what transgress is. Transgress is an act that goes against the law. A rule or a code of conduct conduct or an offense. And uh, last week I had mentioned uh, uh, iniquity and lawlessness. You know, those who are Christ depart from iniquity. Uh, I do not know you, you who practice lawlessness. Uh, iniquity carries more of the sense of immoral or grossly unfair behavior, gross injustice, wickedness. Or sin. Lawlessness and iniquity are, uh, can be used simultaneously. But lawlessness is rebellion without law, without order. You understand? Uh, rebellion against God. And I wanted you to kind of understand there's, uh, sin we use very plainly, uh, In our English language, we say sin. You sin, you sin, right? But there is definitely, most definitely, different stages of sin. And uh, really to understand sin, you have to understand that uh, it has a process. And uh, that process is actually found in James chapter 1, verse 12. And it says this, it says that, Sin, when desire conceives, it gives birth to sin. And sin, once it's full grown, brings forth death. And uh, we obviously had that comparing to uh, a woman being pregnant, and then it gives birth. And then once it gives birth, and this thing grows up and it's full grown, it brings forth death. Uh, and there's a difference in transgress and iniquity. Iniquity is like full-blown at the end of this thing. You understand? Well, this is the way i understood it. This is what I've studied. And I'm sure there's a thousand different uh, things you can study on it. But this really helped me make sense of a lot of things. Do you know that uh, the Antichrist is called, uh, well, in the New King James, he's called the lawless one. And uh, he's a man that uh, would make himself to be God and be completely without law. Or any regard to moral law. You understand? So I want to really point out some things to you so you can understand sin very deceitful sin is tricky do you understand sin is presents itself as something that's not so bad at first do you understand and uh uh let's talk about uh let's start with eve you know eve went through the same process all right there for you to see you know, it's like she would spend her whole life in that garden without even really paying attention to that tree. Until the serpent came, started asking her questions about it. And then it says she saw the tree. Then she realized that it was desirable and pleasurable maybe to make one wise. Desirable to eat. And then she ate. And then she died. You understand? It's that same process. Uh, and while I'm on this subject, I'm going to get you to uh, turn to Second uh, Samuel chapter 11. Because I want you to realize uh, about David. And, I, and I'm going somewhere with this. And I'm hoping that you can uh, weave with me and receive what I'm saying. You know, come this way with me and then come this way with me. And then we'll meet all right, meet right back here. You feel me? Like, let's... You know, the Bible says rightly divide the word of truth. How many knows that's a, that's a process. That's a, uh, something you, you do continually. You, 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 you go to the left and see what it's saying here and it says this, but it also says something right over here to the right that just seems way different than that over there. And the truth is right here when you can weave them together. You understand? Most uh, uh, people uh, they, they don't want to keep studying. They want to satisfy uh, what they believe in, and that's it. They, they box it in. But I'm telling you, that is dangerous because when you box it in like that and think you you know the truth, there's that possibility that you've missed the 90 other scriptures in the Bible. And, it, and if, if if you if you if you do that, then, then you're not rightly dividing. Do you understand? The Word of God is a sword. It's two-edged. Not not only just a sword, it's two-edged. And you think, uh, you know, you can throw it at somebody and cut somebody down. But what you don't realize is as soon as it comes out of your mouth, that that double side of it, that's coming back at you. Every parable, everything Jesus taught, everything He said, as soon as you try to throw it at somebody else, it comes back to you. Do you understand You see what I'm saying? And and if you study the word of God long enough, you start getting wise like them old men uh, when they were trying to bring that woman uh, that committed adultery. It says, they brought her in front of Jesus and said, look, we caught her an actor, adultery, what's you going to do? Trying to turn him up, right? But when he said, you who have no sin, you cast the first stone. And then it says, they went from the oldest, the oldest was the first one to catch on. You understand? And then they left. Because they realized that you know, he had knocked them. You understand? They realized that they were trying to catch him up. But the truth is, he knew and that sword hit them. The same one they were trying to throw at her, he, it hit them. And what I'm saying, it says the wisest one went away first. Understanding. That's why it says the, the oldest one. The older, the, the wiser one. Uh, and I'm kind of just on one of those rants right now. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is when you know the truth, it's powerful. If you don't know the truth, if you only have little versions of the truth, you're going to get stuck over here. Soon as you go through this part of life and think you've got it all figured out over here, you're going to get hit again. And when you get hit over here, you can get stuck and stuck for years. If you don't understand how to walk with God. That's why it's very important to know the truth. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, King David, that's where we're at. Let's get back to the message. But listen, King David, uh, this situation with Bathsheba. You know, King David was a man after God's own heart. And we know that, that King David loved God, but... Uh, we know that he made several mistakes. It's uh where are we it's second Samuel chapter 11 but I want to show you this because I need you to understand this because if you can understand I have to understand this this is this is a fruit for my life see and, and look let me tell you something like you can come to me and uh dude I want to tell you the truth. About everything I do, everything I say, I don't even care. That's the funny thing about me, I just want to be real. Because what I realize is it really don't even matter what, what people think. You think it does, but what matters is what he thinks, and guess what? He already knows! So I want to be real, you see what I'm saying? I, I don't want to pretend. Uh, but, but, when I, when I say that, uh, you know, uh, man, I'm not Adequate to preach the gospel. Don't think I'm, I'm saying I live in sin, like Ten Commandments sin. I'm just telling you, like life is long, man. Uh, there's many things I say that I shouldn't have said. There's many things that uh, when you're when you're going through life and you're experiencing different things, like you have to realize that uh, life is long, man. Like be careful uh, uh, how you approach every. Every situation, because, man, that, that word is sharp, dude. Do you understand? I get up here and preach to you on Sunday, but if I'm not careful, it'll hit me on Monday. And I gotta, uh, humble myself again. And when I was younger, I didn't understand how to humble myself. How many knows? When that head gets big and you start rising way up here, you know what's next, don't you? The fall. That's what's next. If you don't understand these things that I'm telling you, I guarantee you, you will not walk into the next season victorious. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get blow after blow after blow. Are you all with me? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking off. I'm taking off on you. Second um, Samuel chapter 11. Listen to this. This is this is wonderful. This is beautiful. Listen to this. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go to battle. I, I need you to catch what what I just said there. It's talking about this is the story, the the prelude to the story of David and Bathsheba, uh, the beginning of David's one of David's serious transgressions in life. It says it happened in the spring of that year at the time when kings go out to the battle. That David sent Joab and his servants with, with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon. And besieged Rabah. R- Rabbah, I can't say it. But here's the key. But David remained at Jerusalem. And number one, it's it's telling you right there in the beginning of that chapter that this is the season where kings go to war. David, the mighty warrior king, instead of being out in the battle and in the field with his soldiers, he was in the palace. He sent Joab. So number one, he was already in the wrong place. And what I've learned from that in life is, uh, being in the kingdom of God and doing the work of God is very powerful. It's when you uh, aren't active in the kingdom of God, when you're not pushing forward for the kingdom of God, and you're, uh, um, uh, what do they say? The uh, I don't even know if it's true, but it sounds about right. Is uh, The idle mind is the devil's playground? Idle hands? Whatever, man. Whatever. I, I don't know. Anyway, so idle minds is what I've always thought. But I found that, dude, that's when you start getting yourself into trouble when you're not where you're supposed to be. When you're not, uh, when your, uh, attention's not on the Lord, when you're, uh, when you're not in the battle, you know, how many knows in that battlefield, you're probably real close to God? How I many just imagine yourself out there with a sword about to face down a, a Philistine that's about 900 foot tall? How I many know in that moment, you're gonna be close to God? Amen. Cause you're gonna be like, oh man, God, please help me. Please, you know, you're gonna be right next to God in those moments. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's when you aren't where you're supposed to be. And uh you're not doing the things you're supposed to be. That's where it begins. It's, it's when, when you get alone, when you get uh to the side of what you're supposed to be doing, and your mind is no longer on the kingdom of God, but it's on me, myself, and, my, and I, you know, all kind of different stuff. Are, are y'all with me? So the, David was starting to lose the battle before he even started in that season, because then it says uh, he was walking on the king's wall, and uh, he saw, he saw, he had he had, he should have been at war. Do you understand? But now that he's in that situation, he looked over and seen Bathsheba. Wow, she's beautiful. She seemed he you know she was desirable, right? And uh, that's when it began, you know, this little small thing turned into gross iniquity, gross immorality. Not only did he try to cover up his sins, he brought, uh, you know, he brought somebody who was fighting his war. Uriah, that was Bathsheba's wife. I mean, Bathsheba's husband. <laughs> David tried to cover up his sin by bringing him back to be with Bathsheba. And when he refused because he was a more honorable man than David was, then he had to send him to get killed. This term, you see, how it swelled and became something greater and greater and more disgusting to God. But see, it, it starts with uh, being in the wrong place, not being about your Lord's business, not being about your Father's business, and uh, uh, it, it starts in those areas, and, and that's where you know we, as a church, we suffer. A lot because man, it's almost like, man, where do I serve? Where do I get in? What do I do? You know, that kind of stuff. And, um man, every day of your life is a mission field for God. And we should be focused on that. You understand what I'm saying? Like um, if we're focused on that, we we, we have less time to focus on other things. Yeah. Like Bathsheba, you understand? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I and I'm hoping that this uh you know it's kind of building a picture for you because I'm actually about to weave. How many knows that uh, Joseph was probably uh, living a good life, just minding his own business? And then out of nowhere, here comes Potiphar's wife, right? And I, I speak about this time and time again. But I'm just telling you, we have to be as crazy as Joseph is. You understand? You have to be that close to God and that on your mission with God uh, that when when the enemy comes, you're you're ready. You understand? Okay, so I want to get into the Scriptures in in a couple of different things. And this is that we... Back over here. Well, first, let's start with this song. Number one, he says, prone to one w- I'm not going to sing very good. Wonder, Lord, I feel. Prone to leave. A- Y'all want to edit, edit this out. The God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and see Are y'all with me? I love that song, dude. I I, I just, it hit, I don't even know how old it is. I I just know that it's pretty old. Uh, because he says thy and thee and, you know, King James language old, so. Uh, but how many want to know what he says? He says, I raised my Ebenezer. I don't, (laughs) John, Maestro, hit that music. No. Uh, but he, he says it, it within it, he says, I raise my Ebenezer. What? Look at that, I didn't know he was that good. Listen <laughs> to what it said. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by thy help, I'm come. And I hope by thy good pleasure, safety to arrive, hey, safely to arrive at home. Uh and, and many of you, or you just like I was probably wondering what in the world is an Ebenezer? My wife even asked me yesterday. I said, You're coming to church, ain't you? You can hear it then. Then I broke and told her anyway, right? Uh, but what this is from is it's from uh 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 12. Mark that down if you want to go read it. But this is at a time when Israel was at war and they were going to war and their enemies were, were coming at them really strong. And they, 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 they reached out to Samuel and they're like, Samuel, pray to God for us. Pray to God for us that he would destroy our enemies and, uh uh, uh, uh you know, give us this victory today. You know, they were uh, trusted in the Lord, right? And, and Samuel's interceding for them and, uh you know, he is crying out to the Lord for them. And guess what? They crushed the enemy. And you know what happened right after that? It says that Samuel raised up a heap of stones and called it Ebenezer. And it says right after that uh, what Ebenezer is. If I can find it. Anyhow, it says uh, the Lord has helped me Thus far. So, basically, I raised my Ebenezer. is saying that, you know, my heart is prone to wonder. Prone to leave the God I love. But I raised my Ebenezer because God has helped me thus far. And look, this is where the the, 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 the doctrinal quagmires come in in... in uh, you know, we, we get twisted and, and, all bent up on certain things, but look, the honest to God truth is you're standing because God has allowed you to stand and God has led you and brought you thus far. You understand? If you ever take your eyes off of that, guess what's next? The fall. The fall. These are things I've learned in life. This is real, real stuff. Humility and pride and, uh, uh, these things you got to be why? You've got to rightly divide the word of truth. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's the truth, though. You want to hear the truth? The Bible says this. And uh, I believe it was quoted in Revival. It says, be ye perfect. Because your heavenly Father is perfect. Hey, guess what? That's the truth. That's what the Bible says. Are you all with me? Amen. But the same Bible also says, take heed if you think you stand. Least you fall. Do you understand? It's the, and then, you gotta get back here to get right here. Are y'all with me? Uh, and, and, and that's, that's our journey is to rightly divide the word of truth, to bring it together. How many knows the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But who? God. It's faith. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with that temptation will provide a way of escape. So in the times of trial and temptation, we always have a way of a, an escape. Are you with me? Yeah. So let's 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 get back over here then. Because today, praise God, we have victory. And thus far, God has brought me. I raised my Ebenezer. Are you with me? Come on, guys. This is good. I'm preaching right now. Really am. Well, it, it ministered to my soul because, uh, you know, when I was studying this week, I'm like, oh, goodness. Praise God, you know? Praise God because we do have a God who leads us and guides us and strengthens us. And, and when we take a, uh, when we're prone to wonder, and we step this way a little bit, or we step that way a little bit, God's there. You understand? But I mean, knows Jesus says there's a narrow path, and then there's a broad path, and there's few who find that narrow path. That's a scary. Let's get back over here. That's that's scary stuff. You with me? Amen. But let me tell you. Uh, that broad path, uh, man, that's the world's path. They're going to tell you and teach you all kind of crazy stuff. Are you with me? Amen. Uh, but how many knows that walking like Jesus, that is our goal. Jesus died on the cross, and thus we all should die. That he can live through us. That's the church. Everything we do is Christ in us and through us. If you lose that, you're just a a bag of bones trying to do the will of God, and you won't. Do you understand? Because in your flesh, you're prone to wonder. But praise God, we have a Savior. We have a, a, a healer, a deliverer. And that's why I raised my Ebenezer. Paul says, I die daily. I die daily so that Christ can live through me. That is a daily fight. Um, So look, man, like if somebody says, man, you can be perfect uh, or be perfect because your father had praise God. You can raise your hand. Say amen. Because the Bible does say that. But some of their caution comes from the other side of those scriptures. Do you see what I'm saying? So so there's like this thin road. That's why you rightly divide. You understand? We're trying to stay right here on the narrow are you with me? What am I saying? What am I, am I saying you, you absolutely have to sin? No! I'm saying the opposite. But what I am saying is all you have is today! You can't boast about tomorrow! Man, the enemy is waiting for, this is what we studied on Tuesday. He's waiting for an opportune time. You, you understand what I'm saying? And if you let your guard down, like David, You're going to end up in a spiritual quagmire. Are you with me? So there is this uh, thin line of what is truth. Uh, And a lot of times people are arguing about this scripture or that scripture. But man, come on, let's weave that together. What is it saying as a whole? Man, each side of a a lot of the the preaching is uh, necessary to understand. They are guarding truths. Well, we have to rightly divide the word. Are you with me? So if you leave away from here saying that I, I told you that you're going to fall and uh, destroy yourself, and the only uh, you know you're just miserable and beat up and you're nothing basically, uh, that's not what I said. I said you can walk out of here with the victory today. You can raise your Ebenezer today. God will do a work in your heart that that causes you to. Seek after him. Something, uh, transpired differently in my heart. There was something that God did on the inside. You understand? That caused me to love God. Dude, I'm some weirdo. Like, I'm this 35-year-old kid that, that, I just, I love praise music. I, I get in, uh, these fits, man. You know, it just wasn't true before. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't, I, oh my goodness, my mom would listen to some stuff when I was, it's like, how do y'all listen to that? I still can't listen to something. I ain't gonna, go there but some of that country stuff I'm like I'm just it's just kind of weird to me but I can respect it do you understand just like we respect everything you know in Christ Jesus you know because there's many different gifts many different walks of life there's uh you know uh, we come together in this place but you got to realize there's 17 year olds here and there's people over 50 here you hear me so there's going to be a difference of a walks of life Praise God. But there's one king, eternal king, who rules. That's who we worship. Are you with me? So we got to take our uh, mind off of the the small things that beset us and unite our hearts together to serve that same king, whether you've been walking with him for three days or 40 years. Man, dude, how about this? We are closer than when we first believed. We all can say that. Our redemption draws nigh. Every day we wake up, we are a day closer to what we've been shooting for. To keep our faith, to run this race. Are you with me? Alright, let's 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 move real quick. I'm hoping that this is kind of, you know, bringing some things together for us. Um, Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. Because Paul really gives you the answer of how to do this, how to walk with God, and um, how to let that light shine in you. I'm always the last one there. Y'all pray for me. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Listen to me. It says, Not that I have already attained, or that I am already perfected. But I press on, that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. Therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything, any, if anything you think otherwise God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless the degree that which we have already attained let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren. Join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I told you often and now even tell you weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. And whose glory is in their shame. Listen, this is key. Who set their minds. And we talk about this. This is key. Who set their minds. This is those enemies of the cross. They set their minds on the earthly things. And then he he tells us our citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will transform our lowly body. That it may be conformed to his glorious body. According to the working by which he is able... Somebody say, God is able even to subdue all things to Himself. How many want to know that uh, Jesus actually upped the ante of perfection? This is what's good. Uh, number one, if you're comparing yourself with other people, you've already missed it. The Bible says that's that's foolishness. If you're comparing yourself with one another, you miss your comparison is Jesus Christ. Amen. You understand? But uh, I want to bring to you uh, this parable, which I know you've all heard before. But, uh, you know, if you really pay attention to it, and you can write this down and look it up. But it's the parable of the rich young ruler. It's not even a parable, it's a story. I'm sorry. But he says... Uh, Jesus says to him, you know, uh, you know, he says, What do I do to be saved? Or, or or whatever, and he says, uh, keep the commandments. You know what to do. He says, Awesome, I've kept the commandments since my youth. Praise God. He kept you, I mean, he kept the commandments since his youth. That is honorable. And then Jesus said to him, Well, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you have. Give it to the poor, then come follow me. And your treasure will be in heaven. How many knows that's that's up in the ante a little bit? And it says that the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. Where's your treasure at? Is it on earth or is it in heaven? And and sometimes I feel like we 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 get that confused often. Yeah. You know, uh, in you know our our way of life it. it, it Man, it makes it hard to believe that Jesus was even serious or he was speaking allegorically. But all of his people did that very thing in the word of God. So how many knows uh, at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to be up there with Paul and, uh, you know, in the front line of the kingdom of God. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? The kingdom of God is full of Great men who put out such a cloud of witnesses, and they're—they're—I uh, mean, the book of Hebrews presents it as if, man, they—we they, they, have a cloud of witnesses that went before us, and we're running this race, and let us run it with endurance. Praise God. <sighs> I'm going to have to skip some scriptures because I'm just not going to be able to get into it today. But my next scripture was uh, Matthew chapter 18. Pretty much that whole chapter is very, very interesting. But it, it also ends with the uh, the parable, which says, uh, it's talking about the sheep in the 99. and uh, It talks about the one who goes astray. That word goes astray is the same word. as deceived 24 times. It's the same word as... Um, anyway, you get the point. Um, but he's saying, you know, it is not the will of the Father in heaven that any of these children should be lost. Praise God. I know that's a good one over here. Praise God. That is good. Uh, I am glad that the will of the Father is that none of those sheep be lost. Uh, and Jesus says, will he not leave the 99 and go find that one? You know, Jesus has compassion on those who are going astray and praise God. Because if God would have saved you, made you right, and left you alone, you'd be like Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. Amen. You understand? Sure. We need Jesus. We need Him to lead us, to guide us. And most of all, we need that, uh, pure and clean Heart that he gives us. So I want you to remember uh, about the Phoenicians who used the stars to map the sky. And they were able to know where they're going. Could you imagine being in the middle of the ocean? And I'm talking about a whole continent of water to both sides of you. Could you imagine trying to find your way home? That's lost. That's utterly lost and without hope. Are you with me? Amen. Uh and praise God that uh we ain't lost in here, you feel me? Uh, Hebrews chapter two Hebrews chapter two verse one it says therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. I'll read it again. He says therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. Drift away. It says pay attention to the, uh, the word and the, uh, uh, the teachings which you've heard, least we drift away. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. You understand? But it's that we give heed and pay attention to the things that we've heard. To be alert, to be aware and pay attention to the, the, the word and the truth. Hebrews chapter 6. This is uh, uh I got one more scripture after this and I know it's getting warm in here. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Um, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19. And uh it's talking about Jesus and the fact that God does not lie. Uh and that God is somebody we can trust and believe when he speaks something it, it's coming to pass. You know, it's something we can put our hope in, put our trust in. And it says this hope we have as an anchor. Somebody say an anchor. anchor. What does an anchor do? Keeps you from. Well, it, it, it goes to the ground and locks you in right there, and it keeps you from drifting. Right. Amen. You understand? How many know that you got an anchor uh, and your ship is, uh you know, out in the sea? It's going to stay right there. You know, it's it's hooked into that ground, right? Amen. It's, it's something that, that keeps you from drifting afloat and being lost at sea, right? It says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And the reason I wanted you to see this is it's saying that that Jesus, going before us, has entered the presence of God before us and has become our high priest. This is a sure hope and a steadfast hope for us. It anchors us down to where we're not adrift in a loss. Amen. You understand? Praise God. Man, we have this hope. One last scripture, come on. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. And, uh, I hope that this, this message isn't like all over the place for you. And praise God, it was setting off all kind of stuff in my heart and my mind when I was studying it. But I, I, I know it, it requires speaking it with precision. And, uh, you know, I just, I hope that, that God was able to speak something to you. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Verse nine. No, nineteen, see? It says, having faith in a good conscience, which some having rejected, listen to what he said, faith in a good conscience, which some having rejected concerned the faith, has suffered shipwreck. Listen to that language. Of whom are uh, neither, uh, man, come on, him, him and, uh, and, this, and Alexander, <laughs> whom I delivered to Satan, that they might learn not to blaspheme. But what he's saying is, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. In other words, their faith, uh, they rejected the faith. And now their their ship that was anchored that would have been anchored and steadfast and uh, stern they, they 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 rejected the the anchor the, the, the truth of the gospel the, the thing that held them still you know it, it's Christ it's it's a he's our hope if you walk with God it's because God is walking with you you understand that? if we take our eyes off of that that's what Paul was trying to say one thing I do. As I look forward to the heavenly calling that God has on my life. But he was saying those evil men who grow worse and worse and who deceive and are being deceived. Who who study continually but can never come to the knowledge of the, the truth. He said they're going to get worse and worse. They suffer shipwreck, rejecting Christ. Are you are all with me? Amen. Here's the beautiful thing about God. I don't. I don't know uh, a, a lot of the uh, how I say it or how I present the experiences that happened to me. And I, I think that a lot of times we just interpret those differently, and we try to explain it. But I don't believe the words can ever really display what 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 you felt and seen with your own heart. But man, God is good, and if if you if you pursue God, I remember uh, I made up my mind. Uh, I made up my mind. That was the first thing. I made up my mind that I was gonna I was gonna pursue God. I was gonna go to church. I was gonna do the right thing. I was gonna try to do right by people. Uh, I was gonna study the Word. I made up my mind, and uh, I did that. And I'm not sure at what point you would call me a Christian. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I said a prayer with a pastor. But then, man. You talk about shipwreck. Here I am. Yeah. You understand? I didn't have faith. True, genuine faith. Saving faith. But all I know is, at the age of 22, uh, you know, I uh, made up my mind. I ended up at church. And I was at church. Uh, and in prison, you go to church every day. So that was a good thing for me, right? I was able to keep my mind on the things of God. And it was uh, months, months after that, that the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I had a, a completely different experience. So now, most of the time, I don't even talk about that first segment. You know, I just talk about it like, wow! You know? So you get a lot of this wow right here, but you don't know the, the process of which God was leading me. You understand? Amen. Praise God that, that God was leading me. And God knows. God, God, it's not God's will for any of His sheep to be lost. You understand? Amen. But there are many scriptures in the Bible that explain, listen to me, very closely. There is many scriptures in the Bible that, like, like Paul says, I fought the good fight, I kept the faith. We are fighting an enemy who is trying to steal your faith. You understand? They they suffer shipwreck because of their faith. Are you all with me? I mean, it's all over the Bible. I mean, it is all over the Bible. No wonder one side believes this, the other side believes this. But man, let's weave that together. What's going on? Our salvation is closer than when we first believed. Amen. You understand? Our journey, we're just pilgrims passing through. We have an enemy that's trying to throw all kinds of things at us and steal our faith. But like Paul, we fight this good fight. Are you all with me? Amen. So we should be doing whatever it takes to feed our faith. That's what we need. We need faith. We need faith and trust in God. But one thing that Paul is saying is the key to walking with God and uh you know, avoiding and, and not you know, outdoing the enemy or, or resisting the enemy and flee from you is that you keep your mind on heavenly things. That's the truth of the scriptures. That That is it. See, we always want to say a prayer and uh, come to church on Sunday and then we mark that off our list uh, and then we just go back to living our normal life. But true, genuine Heartfelt Christianity is day in, day out, every day. And it's waking up and dying to yourself every single day of your life. You understand? That Christ can live through you. That's victory. That's when you win. That's what the death, burial, and resurrection is all about. It's about dying so that Christ can live through you. That's victory. You understand? Uh, and I'm done, I'm done right now, but I I want these, these, these things. This mic must be loud. I want these things to register in your heart, register. Dude, we're at war. I mean, this is serious. Like, uh, everything's trying to take your faith. Praise God. Faith comes by hearing of the word and uh, fellowship with other believers. If you, man, the enemy wants to get you away from fellowship. He wants to get you away from people who actually believe. not hanging out with somebody that started ministering to people at Walmart, next thing you know, a year later, you're that guy ministering to people at Walmart. You understand? God don't, I mean, uh, Satan don't want you to uh, be around people like that, that actually believe, that have faith. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so it's important that we build each other up. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you, I go through discouragement, and I go through things just like everybody else does. I got a secret weapon. I, I, I call, you know, certain people to hook me up. You know what I'm saying? A little mind front, but uh, no. But seriously, we need to understand that just like I'm at war, you're at war. We're all at war, dude. You need to understand that you don't really know what somebody went through that day. They need that encouragement. They need Jesus, that love and that grace that says, "Oh, come on, back up here. Get your mind out the gutter." See what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah. We got to be that people. That's true church. That's what we're doing. Are y'all with me? Alright, I know. I've been preached forever. Uh, praise God. God. Praise God. Uh, I'm done. But I I do want y'all to really take this message to heart, man. This is some real deal Bible sewing it together to understand. Are y'all with me? And how many knows you can call me anytime? Are y'all with me? And I hope that I could call y'all anytime and be like, hey, I'm struggling, man. I need some prayer. The enemy is at me today. All right. I love y'all. And, uh, let's finish with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much just for everything you've done in every single one of our lives, Lord God, that brought us on this journey and brought us in this path, Lord God. We know that it was you. And uh, you've given us the victory. Uh, and, and, and we, we raise our Ebenezer, Lord God, because you have helped us thus far. And we know that you are faithful and you will do it again and again and again. And we trust and believe in your word. I pray that you just give us a spiritual resurrection, Lord God, uh, quicken us, Lord God, that we would walk uh, with you with all of our heart, Lord, not not in a defiled conscience, but in a clean, clean, pure heart repented and close to you, Lord. Give us that fellowship, Lord, that that deep love for one another, that uh, that that Holy Spirit fellowship, Lord. Pour your spirit and your presence down on us, Lord God, and unite us together as one for one mission and one purpose and to do your work in this season. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.